Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Expeditors Podcast, where we look at the logistics and freight forwarding industry through the lens of a global logistics provider. I'm your host, Chris Parker, and today's topic, disruption management. To quote Vice President of Supply Chain Solutions, Ian Mallison, he said, disruption is the new norm. Now, doesn't that sound fun? But if this isn't going away anytime soon, what can be done to get a hold of the situations affecting you? What could you be paying attention to, whether it be internal or external factors, to navigate what's already been another, well, it's only been a quarter, but it already feels like a couple of years. With me today to discuss this topic is Vice President of Account Management in the Americas, Kara Mahoney. Kara, welcome. Well, thanks, Chris. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, pleasure to have you. Um, wanted to get to know you a little bit more before we get started. Would you walk me through your logistics career? Well, absolutely. So I have been in the logistics and overall supply chain and compliance um, industry for about 25 years. Um, I'd like to say I started out um, working for the government, um, the Department of Commerce in Washington, D.C., and the International Trade Commission specifically. Um, and I kind of got a taste at that point of the whole world of trade and um, compliance and supply chain. Um, and so that was really my first introduction to our world, our really kind of crazy world that we live in. Mm -hmm. um, I then started with expediters. And um, I started in, in compliance in our Minneapolis um, district. And, um, and then I pretty quickly went into um, what I am currently in, which is in account management, working on customized solutions in the supply chain and logistics realm for our customers and um, moved to several locations. Um, and about 23 years later, here I am as uh, the leader in, in, in our account management program for the Americas. Um, but my experience uh, was primarily um, in the retail sector as okay. an account manager myself. Mm -hmm. um, but since then have definitely gone into other sectors such as um, high tech and and um, healthcare and um, what we call manufacturing, et cetera. So mm -hmm. um, it's been, a, uh, it's been a, a great ride, but certainly got a lot of runway ahead of us, especially it looks long right now, Chris, with all <laughs> this disruption uh, that we are in at the moment. So, yeah. uh, but it's been a great, it's been a great uh, opportunity. What about account management? excites you or makes you not even want to consider other parts of this space? Like you started out in compliance. What about account management said, goodbye, compliance. I'm fine with where I'm going right now. Well, you know, account management, I'd like to, you know, I, we always kind of joke that we have to be jack of all trades. And mm. in account management, the, the underpinning of all of account management is alignment with the goals of our customers. And what I loved about that is, you know, by nature, I'm someone that kind of likes to solve problems and um, provide options and solutions. And in account management, um, our obligation to our customers is to listen, number one, and then number two, um, apply some of the experience and perspective that Expeditors has to help our customers solve problems. And that was a really exciting journey um, into account management for me. Um, and I still love that to this day because, you know, as our customers tell us, there is no one size fits all. No, totally. They 
experience things differently depending on the footprint of where they are sourcing from and where their customers are, et cetera. Mm-hmm. They expect from expediters to have a customized experience. And what our role is in the company is to help those customers navigate through our organization so they can get a customized solution that best serves them and helps them achieve um, their goals. Yeah. So I love that. I love that. Looking at 2021, what were you seeing and what were some of the conversations that you were having with customers? What did you start to notice um, coming from customers? We, you know, in, in last year in 2021, um, we were, of course, already in the midst of um, an unprecedented pandemic. Oh, yes. <laughs> and while we were grappling with all of the ways that that shook us personally, sure. Um, we were also in the midst of a really massive shift from an industry perspective where demand um, for different products um, really were were at all time highs. And the trickle down effect of that um, really was disruptive for our industry. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden we are um, trying to deal with and navigate through some disruptions that we had never seen before. Um, Certainly we were trying to weave in different integration with technologies and geopolitical issues that were happening around the world. Um, And so really customers were coming to us at that point, just saying, hey, Expeditors number one, um, service from the steamship lines, from the airlines, um, they are not where they need to be. Um, It is difficult for us to plan our inventory um, around what is happening in the market. Mm -hmm. And hey, expediters, we need help planning and to control what we can control. And so, you know, this has been two years in the making where all of a sudden um, everything we once assumed was to be true is no longer true. Right. Um, And then everything was turned on its head. And Um, So customers really engaged us in a different way and looking for different options and solutions and also saying, hey, what are you doing, expediters, to help solve some of these problems? Um, And and certainly that has been a a big piece of our conversation with customers over the last, what, I guess, going on three years now. (laughs) Uh, And and that's carried over in 2022 for sure. Yeah. What would you say is a... I guess like a surprising thing that you found yourself having to educate or explain uh, to help customers understand the situ- their situations better. You know, I think the 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 number one um, thing that I found us explaining a lot is that our customers found themselves in a very elevated position within their own organizations. Mm. In the in, in previous years, supply chain, while always a critical portion of every company it was kind of taken for granted because um, there are a lot of hardworking people that made things work and there certainly there were disruptions, but it wasn't like we're experiencing now. Um, And so all of our, all of a sudden our customers are at the, you know, in C-suites throughout their own organization, having to tell a story Mm. about what's going on in the market and what they're doing to control what they can control. And so One of the things I found myself doing a good amount is working with customers to help them, number one, understand what's going on in the market. Number two, understanding what um, areas they can control, what what levers they have to pull. Mm -hmm. And number three, being able to put that together into a narrative 
that resonates within an executive level of these massive companies so they can tell the story of what the logistics teams within these companies are doing to navigate through this time. And so I found myself working with many of our customers on, on helping them craft that message. Wow. Um, and so it's been, you know, it's been an interesting time. To- <laughs> yeah. Being asked what you do at a party and being asked what you do by C-suite or executives are two totally different answers, right? <laughs> totally different, but the beauty of where we are now is that now when you go to the party yeah. and say that you are in supply chain, everyone's oh, everyone like, knows. I know exactly what you do. Yeah. No, no need to explain any further. I yeah. totally get it. <laughs> um, now that Q1 2022 is over, we're a little ways into Q2. What does the rest of the year look like? Um, well, you know, you know, we're still in the grips of um, some of the, the, the fallout, if you will, of the change in demand and in sourcing um, of the pandemic. Um, of course, we um, are, are, are working our way through the pandemic. We're so encouraged with where we are. Um, but I, I do like Ian's um, quote, <laughs> that disruption is now the norm. Mm-hmm. And it, it is the foundation from which all planning is done in logistics and in supply chain. And so in the rest of 2022, of course, we are um, looking at several different things. And we're talking to customers about several different areas. Number one is um, there are still massive um, backlogs and um, delays in most massive ports around the world. Um, Of course, the situation in Shanghai uh, with COVID lockdowns and the total shutdown of, of Shanghai is a hugely disruptive event that no amount of planning could prevent um, fallout from that, but we're now going to have to deal with what comes next in working through um, all of the challenges dealing with Shanghai as one of the world's largest ports um, in the world. Um, so you've got all of the port operations, you've got still increased demand, um, you've got the upcoming uh, negotiation and on the US West Coast at the ILWU negotiations that um, while we certainly don't know how that's going to go or where that's going to go, the planning to navigate through that time has already begun. Mm-hmm. Customers have already started executing on contingency plans around that. Um, we do know that our industry is targeted um, in, in large part from, um, from, from cyber attacks. We have to do planning around contingencies in the case that um, one or uh, or more um, partners in supply chain functions have cyber attack events. Um, our customers themselves have experienced supply, um, cyber attacks. Certainly that has been disruptive. Yeah. Um, and so in, in a lot of ways, 2022, at least the first part of 2022 is a mirror image of what we saw in 2021. Um, and again, the underpinning of that is disruption. And Unfortunately, um, if there is a change in any of these things working out in the next you know, several, several months, it's because demand has decreased, whether that be a result of changing in the economy. Certainly inflation is something that's front of mind for, for many companies. 
um, demand, if it does go down, will allow some room for some of these, um, this congestion and the disruption to kind of settle into perhaps a more normal cadence. Um, but there's really no telling if and when that will take place. Yeah. I remember Carl Francisco talking to me and doing like an ocean market update and saying like the demand has to go down. That's yeah. that's the only way this will ease up. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and there's, there's good reason. Um, there's, it's a very physical challenge right now where there's physically no room for the amount of demand and volume that is being pumped through the major arteries around the world. Mm-hmm. It is a very physical challenge that there is just, there is really no room um, and so, yes, demand does have to go down, um, but there's also going to be investments. There has to be investments in infrastructure mm-hmm. in, um, by countries around the world, including the United States. Um, and that will be a part of, of this that's several years down the road. But um, all of these pieces, you hope at some point will come together where there are more predictable outcomes in the supply chain versus where we are right now. So looking at either solutions that we've proposed or that uh, customers are proposing, what would you say are some of the best practices that you're seeing? What is what is prevailing? What's working right now in in this world of disruptions? Uh, well, I think, you know, one of the things I like to say is that um, I, I love the idea of controlling what you can control. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, I think we have to say that no one, no company, even the best companies in the world, are getting through this time without major challenges. So there's no one who is going through this with just, you know, shining like, like, you know. <laughs> we got it figured out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There, there, there's none of that because it doesn't, everyone is feeling this pain and there is some kind of, um, uh, you know, there, there's something good that comes from that, that at least, you know, you're not alone. If you're challenged during this time, you're not alone. Um, but what I like to talk about is, again, under that element of control, what you can control. Number one um, is to start at the very fun- fundamentals of your supply chain and of your logistics program and to look at your data. And when I say look at your data, I don't just mean look at the output of the data, but I'm, I'm encouraging customers to look at where are you getting the data? Is the data a reliable source of information? How often are you getting it? How fresh is the information? What validation points do you have to layer on top of the data that you are receiving? Mm -hmm. So when you go to make the decisions that you undoubtedly will have to make in a time of disruption, you have a reasonable, reliable um, source of information. Um, And so that is kind of the fundamentals, what I tell every customer, just start there. Um, and it's, it's really pretty remarkable that even though our industry has evolved um, and is very um, progressive in a lot of ways, we still have to ask the question if you have a reliable source of information. Um, and so that would be my number one suggestion is to start basic and fundamental with that. Um, my, my next suggestion <laughs> is, uh, you know, again, going into control what you can control is saying, if the unthinkable happens, whether that be a, you know, further disruptions in ports or a cyber attack or um, a natural disaster, where is your plan that you can and will deploy if some of these things happen? Because again, we've learned 
that in our market, in our industry, um, even the things you don't think can and will happen, they can and do happen. And so you have to have a stress test plan mm-hmm. that you can pull out. And certainly it's going to change. And certainly you're going to say, hey, that looked good at the time, but now we're going to deploy this instead. But you need some kind of plan. And, um, and certainly we, we would encourage our customers um, to do that and to work with us because um, you know, I, I think we have a, a unique and, and interesting perspective to bring to the table in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would encourage customers to do that. Um, the, the other, and, and you know, there's, there's several things that, that customers can and, and do do in the interest of planning, but to really look at partners when it comes to their um, service providers and ask, um, do I have the right capacity um, access? Do I have what we refer to as a wide carrier footprint, meaning you're not locked into um, one particular area that you have access to any and all capacity when things um, change and are disrupted. Um, And so you go through that inventory of who are your partners how are your partners performing? What gaps do you have in those performances? And most importantly, in an area where um, capacity is everything, what are your avenues to get capacity when you need it? And, what and this can be up? and this can be all the way down to the container level, right? Oh, I mean, this for is sure. yeah. <laughs> for sure it is, and it's it, it and you know depending on if you're if you're mostly in uh, ocean freight. Um, consumer or air freight or um, or a, a trucking you know, consuming um, consumption ser- or uh, trucking services. Um, it applies to all of those areas. So um, it is about just asking those series of questions and making sure that in the end you have the go-to plan that you can ask the right questions to the right partners to mm-hmm. get you um, through a challenging time. So then when you talk about trying to create contingency plans and trying to account for what you can't account for, um, <laughs> I, I imagine a lot of like modeling, testing, simulating like has to happen in order to pull out a component and say, does this still work? How do you approach that? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I really should have mentioned this when you asked about like some of the best practices and what companies are, are doing, because mm-hmm. one of the prevailing trends that we're seeing is exactly what you mentioned, Chris, which is a simulation of contingencies and um, the, the digital twin technology trend in our industry is um, is a real thing, number one. And those companies that had the capability of creating a carbon copy of their supply chain only in a digital form mm-hmm. were able and are able to move into work simulations that allows them to make more informed decisions about what they want to do with their supply chain, what risks they're willing to take, um, and you know what levers they have to pull. So yes, technology. Um, you know, we've been trying to fit in the integration of new technology in this time of massive disruption. Right. This has been one that it was like it was it met us right at the right moment because mm-hmm. we needed the ability to simulate and to digitally recreate our customer supply chain and having the ability to do that with customers who um, engage with us in that way. Certainly that enabled them to make. Um, you know, decisions that they were more informed about. And so that was a really exciting technology 
that met us in the moment. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> you, you talk about, you know, having control over what you can control. How does one even begin to understand what they can control? Um, it's a great question because I think one of the things that we hear from a lot of customers is that they feel an absolute absence of control. And wow. that can be a very frustrating um, feeling. And for, when you're put in front of executives, that's not what you, the course, answer you want to be giving. Yeah. Right. You walk into your CEO or your CFO's office and he or she asks you, um, you know, what are you doing about it? Um, to not have a, a whole list of options right. is a very frustrating thing. However, um, we and they do have some options. So, you know, the, the, the idea of starting with the data, doing the, um, the contingency plan, certainly looking at, um, you know, the risks and the, 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 the pros and cons of different things, that is certainly one thing. Um, but one of the, the areas that I really like to stress with customers is while transit time is so important, um, it, it's arguably in logistics specifically, right. it's one of the most important ways that we measure a success of a logistics program. And now we kind of, when, when everything is disrupted around, around transit time, um, we have to really take a deeper dive into transit times and it's looking at segmentation of transit time performance. So, so long as the days of a 60 day overall transit time, and that would be a long transit time, but let's say a 35 day transit time. Right, right. You can't think that way anymore. You're not going to meet a 35 day transit time any longer, at least not with any level of, um, of predictability and accuracy. Instead, you need to break that 35 days into, let's say, three or four segments. So your dwell time at origin. Let's focus on that. Where are you falling short? What can we do to control that? Are you sitting too long in a CFS station? Is it sitting too long at your vendor's facility? Let's move the needle there. So let's mm -hmm. cut that down from three days to maybe two days. Okay, there's one day there. Then we look at the dwell time at the, at the, um, the port. And a lot of times that is an area where we don't have a lot of control, especially because of the congestion at both ports, both the origin port and the destination port. But let's understand that. Let's understand how many days we need to buffer that segment of the transit time. So you go through the rest of the segment of your overall transit time and you develop strategies and plans for each one of those segments. Um, and then you can start to chip away at that overall 35 days. Um, while you may not have control of two segments of that transit time, the origin port and the destination port. Certainly, um, there are segments of that transit time that we do have more control of, and let's tackle that. Mm -hmm. um, and so making the, the, the focus much more pointed um, and much more specific is something that we really have been encouraging, you know, our team, our account managers at Expediters yeah. and our customers to really dig into um, all in the interest of having some level of control. Um, that was a, that's a big recommendation. Um, what would you say are some of the must haves then, whether in transportation or in compliance? And I want to, I want to kind of look back into your, your history of, of compliance as well to answer this. What would you say are the absolute must haves in order to do things, get creative, but then do things properly by the books so that you right. don't end up in trouble? Absolutely. And you know, that's, you know, one of the things I, I'm, you know, we talked about is that this has been a very physical 
a very physical challenge. The supply chain is a very physical um, world right now. Um, but we cannot overlook the importance of, of um, compliance. And so there, while all of this has been going on, there have been several major compliance changes that our customers have also had to be aware of and to plan for and to integrate into their physical supply chain. So when you look at um, the beginning of 2022, there were some pretty substantial changes in HTS codes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was another area where our customers had to have their arms around and to plan for. Um, you know, the, the, that was certainly not anything that any customer or company could overlook. Um, that's been an area of focus for us. And the other is, um, you know, with the, with the relations with China um, and the focus on um, the compliance around forced labor, um, our, our customers have had to have acute awareness of vulnerabilities that they may have strategies and planning around that to make sure that they don't unknowingly um, get into a situation where they have additional audits and, and um, areas of concern in that area. So um, compliance has been going along this whole time. It's just that all of the news and the, um, and the, uh, the, the articles that we read tend to be about the overall um, compli- or the overall logistics and physical nature of our supply chain. So um, it's a great question and also something that our customers certainly have had to plan for and uh, they continue to do so into next year. What are the must-haves then for the physical side of things? On the transportation side, mm-hmm. um, the the must-haves is um, looking at the different modes of transportation um, that that every company uses to really question and understand um, what is going to be the future use. So, for example, air freight um, used to be used by relatively few companies in comparison to the overall modes of all. Um, transportation and and, and customers. But now as the delta between air freight costs and ocean freight costs has gone down, the delta is now, depending on on what what market you're looking at, but somewhere around four times the the, the cost to move air freight versus ocean freight, which is still a big difference. But but it moves a lot faster. (laughs) Absolutely. And time when there's unpredictable transit times on the ocean side, many customers are having to switch gears to move more air freight than they have in the past. Um, And so looking at the various modes and how much you utilize each mode would be a strong suggestion. Mm -hmm. You have, and we always understand that um, projections are very difficult for many customers and companies to generate, but even rough estimates of projections to share with service providers is hugely beneficial. So then we, as a service provider, can go out and procure the capacity, um, have a little bit more predictability of cost, um, and be able to do that on behalf of customers based on what they are expected to use in those various modes of transportation. Um, So definitely looking at and and going into um, that detail. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other is a very um, kind of tried and true strategy, which is pulling orders forward. And customers are very accustomed to doing this at this point. Meaning if you used to calculate 120 day overall um, lead time on an item, on a a particular um, product, um, 
that 120 days is now likely more, and in some cases, much more than that. So pull those orders forward. Um, and that is kind of the most reliable way to make sure, depending on what um, sector you're in, you have the right product to your customers at the right time in the right place is just by simply overestimating the amount of time that you're going to need. Um, we don't want our customers to get into a situation where they have too much inventory. Certainly that is um, a risk that you have when you pull inventory forward. Uh, we don't want to go there, no. <laughs> but we have to plan for these additional days that have um, now become a, a standard in um, in the supply chain. So that is another area that you, you really need to focus on. Yeah. My last question uh, to you then is a, I guess more of like an introspective one here. So when, uh, when supply chain professionals or people who are managing supply chains for their organizations are looking internally at their own company um, to, as a good starting point, what would you say are some of those uh, good things to look at to manage disruptions internally? Um, yeah, it is a, it, it, I would think that, that number one, having the awareness at how consequential having a strong and reliable supply chain is for companies, mm -hmm. um, having that awareness and recognizing the investments need to be made into company supply chain capabilities, whether that comes from talent, whether that comes from new technologies, the really supply chain investments are here to stay for the next, um, you know, many, many years mm -hmm. because um, of the importance that we know this sector of the company has for a company's overall success. So invest in the area um, of supply chain and supply chain expertise and supply chain technologies. Um, that's number one. And the other is, is, is partnership, you know, and of course I come from probably a biased, um, you know, point of view here where, um, you know, in, in logistics and in supply chain, oftentimes you have this, this relationship between service provider and customers. Um, and the dynamic really has to be fundamentally about solving problems and collaborating. And when companies and customers take that collaborative approach, which Chris, by the way, majority do. I yeah. mean, our, our customers are hugely um, collaborative in their approach with expediters. And we're so grateful for that because we can achieve great things together mm -hmm. when we take that approach. Um, but we are quite literally in this challenge together. We rely on our customers and they frankly are relying on us, on our capabilities, our knowledge, our expertise, our perspective. So we are trying to solve challenges together. And when, when we approach those challenges that way, um, while this is a gigantic challenge for us to get through, I'm very confident that when things stabilize a bit, we will find ourselves in a in a in an in an area that we will be stronger and better and more partnership oriented with better results. Um, not to mention, and one thing that we haven't talked a lot about, but our obligation and um, responsibility around sustainability, we can solve massive challenges together mm -hmm. um, when we align properly. So. Um, I, I mean, I, I know that this has been a really difficult time and we're very weary. If you're in the supply chain industry and logistics specifically, we are tired, we are weary. Um, but 
we are also entering a phase of being re-energized about what can happen and what we can do together to get through this and to come out as a stronger, kind of more informed industry. That's excellent. Uh, Kara, thank you so much for your time and, and for talking me through this. Uh, if folks wanted to get to know you more, reach out to you, talk more about uh, account management, uh, where can they find you? Um, well, they can find me on LinkedIn. Um, my uh, email address is kara.mahoney at expediters.com. Please reach out to me. Be happy to talk and, um, you know, we'll, we'll just keep uh, talking about supply chain in 2022, Chris. That's what it's all about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for the time. Appreciate it. Well, thank you, Chris. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you've got questions or want to learn more about today's topic, check out the show notes for more information. And before you go, make sure you're subscribed on whatever podcast app you're using so you won't miss the next episode. To learn more about Expediters, you can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or simply visit us at expediters.com. Take care, and I'll see you next time. Bye.